from the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Hi there, I'm Graham, VK4BB, VK4 Baker Baker, with the WIA News for week commencing February 10, 2013. Radio Body Eyes Aftermarket Installs. After making inroads with Toyota, Audi, BMW and more, Commercial Radio Australia, CRA, is chasing the digital radio install market. On Wednesday, February 20, the CRA will be leading a breakfast workshop covering the latest on aftermarket products and how to optimise their installation. Additionally, CRA will provide an update on DAB Plus coverage and its rollout to areas beyond the five state metropolitan capitals. Commercial radio listening figures for 2012 showed 34% of radio listening is in the car and the radio industry is keen for those listeners to experience digital radio. Chief Executive Officer of Commercial Radio Australia, Joan Warner, said there are around 16 million registered vehicles in Australia, mostly with analogue radio. The DAB Plus digital radio aftermarket sector provides a great opportunity for aftermarket retailers, installers and manufacturers. Now, places at the workshop are limited, but they are available. Aftermarket retailers and installers should contact Commercial Radio Australia. And that email address? Info at commercialradio.com.au UPI.com say hidden radio buttons in Apple's Operating System 6.1 suggest an Apple radio service intended to compete with Pandora and Spotify. A set of buttons and references in the software code relate to radio, a feature found in iTunes on Macs and PCs but not on the iPad or iPhone. The button's very existence is more evidence of Apple's much-rumoured radio service, which would allow people to stream music much like they do on Pandora, but with deep ties to Apple's iTunes library. Another button, bearing the legend Buy, suggests the ability to make purchases of songs direct from within the radio feature, presumably from iTunes. Have you prepared for the last weekend in May? The 2013 WIA AGM and Conference. Your registration fee includes coffee and tea on arrival at registration, the annual general meeting, open forum and technical symposium, morning tea, lunch and afternoon tea. The partner program replaces the Saturday activities with a program tailored for interests other than amateur radio and includes morning tea, lunch and afternoon tea and coach transfers. The 2013 WIA AGM and Conference. It's all about engaging, learning, appreciating, socialising and discovering. You'll find all the information online at the VK6 conference site, conference.vk6.net. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In VK6, it can be heard on Rollystone Repeater 146-700 and also relayed on 80 metres on a 3.565 MHz Sunday evening at 7pm local time. I'm Steve, VK6 DXA. Hello everyone, I'm Rod, VK2 LAX. Did you know that the 10th of February is International Umbrella Day? No? Do you know what else is special about the 10th of February? It's just two weeks until Wyong Field Day, 24th of February 2013, the largest gathering of its type in the Southern Hemisphere. From the free Wyong Station shuttle bus to the Lucky Gate prizes, the lectures, flea market and raffle, and of course the commercial traders with bargains for all, this year's Wyong Field Day is better than ever. 
Gates open 6.30am and the traders open at 9am. And please note that admission is $15 for adults and under 17 free, not 17 years and under as advertised in the latest AR magazine. And here's some late breaking news. There will be a demonstration of transmitting and receiving equipment on the brand new 630 metre band at the field day. For more information, please go to the website www.fieldday.org.au. Wyong Field Day, proudly brought to you by Central Coast Amateur Radio Club. Still in VK2 as we whip around VK, Amateur Radio New South Wales Anniversary Barbecue. Those who have received their membership badge will have seen included in the posting an early notification of an anniversary barbecue, which is to be conducted by Amateur Radio New South Wales Sunday, March 10 at the Dural site. Al VK2VEC is collecting names of those who will be attending. So email your RSVP to office at arnsw.org.au. Now also at its dural site, Amateur Radio New South Wales will be conducting the next foundation course on Saturday the 23rd of March and assessments for all licence grades Sunday 24. Prior booking is required. This time the email goes to education at arnsw.org.au. Now candidates do need to bring along a passport photograph. In VK3, the Southern Peninsula Amateur Radio Club, Spark, joins in the 2013 Rosebud Kite Fest, March 10. Now, the Rosebud Kite Fest is a huge community event, featuring a breathtaking array of kites flown over the beautiful waters of Port Phillip Bay. Many Mornington Peninsula organisations and attractions will be on show, with Spark showcasing amateur radio and launching kites carrying long wire antennas high into the sky. It all happens on the foreshore at Rosebud, Sunday, March 10, thanks to the Rosebud Kite Fest Committee. EMDRC, and we'll hear more later on in the broadcast from Robert uh, on the Amateur Radio uh, Ham Fest that they've got there. So uh, keep looking out for that one. That's with Brian and Robert. But EMDRC will be promoting Amateur Radio with a display at the Scoresby Steam Fest, now this over the weekend of 9 to 11 of March. On display will be HF, VHF, UHF and ATV. As usual, live ATV will be broadcast via the Melbourne ATV repeater, VK3 RTV, and also available via BATC. And finally in VK3, and finally as we whip around VK, the 2013 Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club, GGREC, their Hamfest date has been fixed for Saturday the 20th of July at the Cranbourne Public Hall, and bookings for tables will soon be available. Locally produced, nationally voiced, globally heard. We are VK1 WIA. What use is an F call? You may have noticed over the past little while that I've been talking about off-air activities more than the ones achieved while actually sitting behind a radio. It's not because I'm no longer interested in talking about that. It's because of late I've had little opportunity to actually be on air. Suffice to say, I'm working on it. Hi hi. Until now, I've only really used my amateur radio for making QSOs, that is, making contact with stations and having a quick exchange of signal report, sometimes a description of our respective equipment and perhaps the local weather. Recently, I had the opportunity to use it for a slightly different purpose, which gave me a hands-on feel for why we have the protocols we do. 
Several amateurs were all gathered in a 50-square-kilometre area, all well within VHF range but out of sight of each other. Within 10 minutes, each amateur on frequency knew where everyone else was and each was heading for the same location. That in itself doesn't sound that remarkable, but it was the first time that I'd actually experienced the purpose of the way we use our call signs and how multiple stations work together on the same frequency to achieve a common objective without anyone missing out, getting stomped on or being misdirected. There's a big difference between being taught how to operate your radio, doing a contest, having a chat, and actually using your radio to achieve a more directed goal. If you've only had your radio ready for making callbacks to the news, or for participating in a contest, all I can do is encourage you to try and use your radio in different situations. You might find that the things you've been taught actually obtain a different meaning if you observe or use them in a different context. In what environments have you had the opportunity to use your radio? And what did you learn from that? Let me know. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo. From the WIA News Hub in Sydney and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. With international news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. World Radio Day 2013. February 13 is the day proclaimed by UNESCO and endorsed by the United Nations General Assembly to celebrate radio as a medium, to improve international cooperation between broadcasters and to encourage major networks and community radio alike to promote access to information and freedom of expression over the airwaves. UNESCO encourages all countries to celebrate World Radio Day by planning activities in partnership with regional, national and international broadcasters, non-governmental organisations, the media and the public. The International Committee for the World Radio Day is constituted by agreement amongst the most representative broadcasting organisations. Its purpose is to internationally promote the celebration of the World Radio Day whom the first edition will be held February 13, 2013, by means of different activities. For more information on this event, take a look at the links on the text edition of this broadcast, best read at wia.org.au. USA National Weather Service NWS Warning Coordination Meteorologist Hector Guerrero reports that a case of vandalism at the Coleman NWS transmission site has taken the NWS weather radio station transmitter off the air. Guerrero said that the Coleman County authorities reported that vandals broke into the transmitter building and stole the copper data feed lines. The lines are being replaced and the transmitter should be back on air shortly. The transmitter, identified as WXN89, operates at 162.475 MHz and many area weather alert radios and scanners are tuned to that frequency for up-to-date weather alerts and current conditions in that part of the states. Review of the New Zealand 70cm band plan. NZART Council has decided a review of the current 70cm band plan is desirable as a conflict with the IARU Region 3 band plan has been identified by a number of formal complaints to both NZART and Radio Spectrum Management Council. They consider it's part of its responsibilities to Amateur Radio that it reviews the band plans when significant changes occur in the use of the spectrum. This proposed review is now on the agenda of the Council face-to-face meeting and it's hoped that submissions will be called for shortly afterwards. 
due to the discrepancy between the NZART 70cm band plan and the IARU Region 3 band plan, the review will give consideration to concerns regarding the operation of amateur television. It will also consider interference received from UHF Low Interference Potential Devices, LIPDs, by equipment such as 70cm repeaters. The national system was re-engineered to be resistant to this some time ago. NZART Council will seek feedback from existing operators on the 70cm band. UK lottery money is being used to preserve the history of a World War II radio transmitter hidden deep in the Ashdown Forest. A grant of £9,800 has been awarded to Hadlow Down-based charity Sound Architect Creative Media to record events and memories surrounding the Aspidistra, one of England's most closely guarded secrets of the 20th century. Anyone, anywhere in the world, with information or who would like to help with the Aspidistra project should visit soundarchitect.org. 15-year-old inventor from Sierra Leone visits MIT. This young inventor is already leaving a very positive mark on society. Here's David Black, KB4KCH, from Amateur Radio Newsline with the rest of the story. Calvin Doe is not a ham radio operator, but... He's being called the wonder of Sierra Leone and with good reason. This is because the 15-year-old, who recently won a trip to visit the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, taught himself how to build generators, batteries, and FM radios using parts he found in the trash. And in the best tradition of the maker and hacker movement, he does it using things that would have otherwise been thrown out and with almost no formal training, turns them into useful products. Doe's inventions are especially valuable in his hometown, where, according to Kelvin, the lights there only turn on about once a week. Kelvin builds batteries and generators to provide electricity for his family. He also uses his homemade gear to operate a successful radio station where he is known as DJ Focus. Kelvin says he hopes to use his radio station as a way for the youth in Sierra Leone to debate about issues in their area. He says he plans to build a windmill generator to provide more stable electricity for his town. Kelvin Doe visited MIT as part of the university's Visiting Practitioners program. The syllabus allows inventors to use MIT's plentiful resources and perform their own research in the school's labs. Kelvin Doe became the youngest ever visiting practitioner after winning the Innovate Sloan Challenge. Innovate Sloan runs a program that asks young citizens of that nation to creatively come up with solutions to problems facing their community. I'm David Black, KB4KCH, from the Southeast Bureau in Birmingham, Alabama. Across Australia, from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In VK7, it can be heard on HF on 80, 40, 20 and 10 metres, 6 and 2 metre repeaters around Tasmania, and also HF and UHFCB in the Hobart area from 9am on Sundays, and is followed by the VK7 regional news broadcast at 9.30am. I'm Justin, VK7 Tango Whiskey. News, talk and radio sport, here with VK1 WIA. Operational news, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ. Dateline 2013. ZL Jock White Memorial Field Day Contest, Saturday and Sunday, February 23 and 24. Worldwide International Museums Weekend, June 15 and 16 and 22-23. WIA Contest Champion, VK4PJ Peter Brown Trophy. 
The WIA Contest Champion is awarded annually for the best combined effort in WIA-sponsored contests. To qualify for the trophy, you must be a member of the WIA and submit a log to at least three of the qualifying contests. The qualifying contests are Ross Hull Contest, John Moyle National Field Day, Harry Angel, Remembrance Day Contest, Oceania DX Phone, Oceania DXCW, VHF UHF Field Days, Special Event Stations DX and Beacon and Netadvice, Marion Island to be on by Northern Summer. This, according to reports that South African Radio Amateur ZS1 BCE has been appointed to be the new radio technician to that rare location for one year, between April of this year and May of 2014. ZS1 BCE is expected to depart from Cape Town on April 15th, and his amateur radio operations are expected to begin about four weeks later. Currently, he does not have a ZS8 call sign, but plans to apply for ZS8D. Operations will be on SSB on most high-frequency bands. Unless we forget to mention, his QSL manager will be Pierre Tromp, ZS1HF, who just happens to have been the last operator from Marion Island. Now, just before I take a look at Intruder Watch, Ed VK2JI joins us. With lectures on what not to do in a contest, an introduction to contesting, a contester's view of the sport, RTTY contesting, and an open forum for questions and answers from some leading contesters, it's hoped the Mini Contest University at Wyong has something for everyone wanting to get into the radio contesting sport. Although aimed at those who want to learn contesting skills, it also plans to be a fun event, with socialising being a major part of the day as well as in the evening, when we will all meet up at a local restaurant with others who have travelled to be at the field day the next day. To relax and enjoy a good rag chew with friends old and new. So, if you want to be part of the MCU Day, please register at fieldday.org.au forward slash contest underscore university. That address is, of course, in the show notes at the WIA website. This is Ed, VK2JI. See you at Wyong. Thanks, Ed. Now intruder watch, enforcement zone. Marine radio interference. A recent case of a very low level of interference was affecting the Maritime VHF Distress and Calling Channel 16 at the Maritime New Zealand's Wairarapa and Picton sites. The investigation into the interference took seven days to locate and resolve and involved contacting ships and shore stations on the Wairarapa coast, as well as both ground and helicopter searches. However, no interference was detected in the Wairarapa area. Eventually, a very low-level signal was detected, and direction finding indicated it was from a broadcast transmission site 120 kilometres from the affected Wairarapa site and 185 kilometres from the Picton site. A visit to the broadcast transmission site was arranged and the low-level interference was traced to a high-power television transmitter. The cause of the interference was an open inspection panel which had been left open for maintenance purposes. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Inningham. From the WIA News Hub in Melbourne and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, and Brian, VK3GR, Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. New animated UK video featuring UK Cube 1 and Fun Cube. 
A new animated video has been released that tells the story of UK Space Agency's first CubeSat, UK Cube One, slated to launch in the third quarter of 2013. UK Cube One will carry a set of AMSAT UK FunCube transponder boards to provide 435 to 145MHz linear transponder and a 1200 bits per second BPSK beacon for educational outreach. Worldwide special interest groups, radio amateur young timers. Amateur Radio Supplies announces winner of its Promote Youth in Amateur Radio contest. After receiving and evaluating hundreds of entries, we'd like to congratulate our winner, Adam Donaldson, callsign KC9VIV of Western Wisconsin, said Jeff Demers, owner of Amateur Radio Supplies. Adam was selected as the winner after being nominated by his scoutmaster, Roger Branton, who describes Adam as an Eagle Scout, an A student, a cross-country distance runner and an all-around great teen. Amateur Radio Supplies awarded Adam a complete HF station, including an Alinko all-band all-mode transceiver and 30-amp power supply, LG desktop tuner, choice of a G5RV or a high-gain vertical, 100 feet of premium RG213 coax, a Vibroplex iambic pedal, Signalink USB sound card interface, and a Heil ProSet Plus headset. That's not a bad uh, prize there, Rob. I think you'd be uh, pretty stoked with that. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. Let's see what's happening with the 2013 floods during the Australia Day floods. Here's Ian Well. During the Australia Day floods, Ian Wells, VK4FNAA, and Dave McLean, VK4EE of the Banana Show Repeater Association, assisted with communication in the recent rescue of people trapped in vehicles on Crumbut Creek just south of Biloela. The team meter repeater allowed emergency communication direct with the Billawilla police, which we kept them informed of the situation while Telstra mobile network was offline. Our new amateur repeaters fared reasonably well, staying on air most of the time during the floods. Repairs and improvements to the repeaters will be in progress in the future weeks to guarantee communication during flood events when other communications fail. Our association is now considering forming a Wyson and a CB emergency communication group to work directly with the local council police SES during emergency events. I'm Jeff Emery, VK4ZPP, and I've been thinking. As the days pass, stories of kindness and grief are being presented in the aftermath of the storms and floods. The same is happening in the areas that were seared in the record summer heat. It is the human story of these events that touches us. But more things are in the mix. Disaster planning has adopted a catchword, resiliency. The ability to stretch and also bounce back. I would expect to hear this word more and more as communities try to rebuild. However, it should not be forgotten to analyse what happened during the emergencies. I am aware of some issues in my local area and I've heard reports of others elsewhere. The obvious area of concern to radio amateurs is maintaining communications. Lack of resources, equipment or people create choke points which have to be eliminated for the job to be well done next time. Clusters of people, flooded and without telephones or electricity, surrounded the population centres that were being reported on social and broadcast media. Locally, I believe there is one registered SES member. In a rural area, this is hardly going to provide much feedback 
or help. Sadly, I think this story is going to be heard much more widely. Then for me, what can we amateurs do to assist, to provide resiliency now and in the future? I'm Jeff Emery, and that's what I think. How about you? Worldwide special interest group Summits of the Air. On the 1st of February, the SOTA program was launched in VK1, so operators can now activate any of the 43 approved summits in the VK1 area and qualify for points under the SOTA award scheme. VK1 joins VK3 and VK5, which have been operational during the last 4 to 12 months. Andrew, VK1DA, says that on the 1st of February, a bunch of people activated summits in the VK1 area, making contacts with other summits in VK1, VK3 and VK5 using portable equipment and antennas. Soda activators are required to carry their equipment to the summit and must only use battery or natural power sources and must walk for at least the final 25 metres of the ascent to the summit. The summit itself has to have at least 150 metres of prominence over the surroundings area to qualify for SOTA. Access to some mountains requires a lot more than 25 metres of climbing and walking, but others are readily accessible. There is a range of difficulty and challenge, with the higher summits giving operators more points than the lower ones. SOTA stations need to have at least four contacts with other stations, which can be either other activators or other ground stations, who are called chasers. These are awards for both activators and chasers. All licensed classes are included, and you don't have to do this solo. Groups of amateurs can combine their resources and carrying capacity to activate a summit. It's a great club project. Imagine a field day any weekend, or every weekend if you like, There is even some activation during weekends. Clearly, SOTA is addictive. More details of the SOTA program can be easily found at sota.org.uk where it lists the lists of association summits and current activations that can be viewed. SOTAwatch.org provides alerts and spots for SOTA operators. There's a mailing group and a Yahoo group for SOTA Australia and new members are welcome. Finally, Rewind. Wanted donations for VK4KG Memorial Station. They finally have a building to call their own, but it lacks mains power. They have some fine examples of working military transmitters and receivers and some older radio amateur transceivers, but don't have anything modern to demonstrate the newer modes of operating to the general public. The volunteers of the VK4KG Memorial Amateur Radio Station located at RAAF Garbutt need donations from you to enable them to demonstrate amateur radio to the public on a regular basis. Any modern HF transceiver you're not using is a good candidate for this most worthy cause. Can you help? Contact WIA National News and we'll put you in touch with VK4KG Station Coordinator Wayne VK4WDM. Oh, if you're an electrician or electrical firm in the Townsville area that can donate time and materials to help the station get connected to mains that's only 10 metres away, then your donations would also be gratefully received. The VK4KG volunteers, with help from donations, hope to be operational again by the 2013 Remembrance Day contest and be open every Sunday for the general public. Well, that's it. That's all the special interest group news we have this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN. And Brian, VK3GR. This is VK1WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. 
As we wrap up WIA National News for yet another week, a look at the social scene, we're in VK3, the Centre Victoria Radio Fest, is at Kyneton, February 10. Wyong Mini Contest University at the Wyong Racecourse happens February 23. The following day, Feb 24, the Sunday, the Wyong Field Day itself at Wyong Racecourse. March 10 in VK3, Spark joins in the 2013 Rosebud Kite Fest. And March 24... Well, it's definitely silly season for ham fests, Brian. What with the Kyneton Ham Fest on today and the Central Coast Field Day on in two weeks' time. Oh, yes, but as much as I would like to, I won't be going to Wyong this year. It's just such a long drive from down here in VK3. It's definitely a ham fest season, though, and our club, the EMDRC, is in there as well with its big annual ham fest, or better known as the EMDRC White Elephant Sale, on next month, Sunday, 24th of March. It's one of Melbourne's biggest ham fests with all the major traders. And as you know, and this is the best part, the part I like, is that you don't need a day pass or a weekend pass or leave from the missus to get there. You can slip out and back in just a couple of hours. And you're right about Big Rob. From memory, it's the second biggest ham fest, something like that. But it also has a friendly atmosphere, and I think that's just as important. So if you're a trader and you'd like to book a table for the big friendly ham fest, give Max VK3WT a call on 03... 9005-9251 or email wes2013 at emdrc.com.au Marketing to Diary today, the EMDRC White Elephant Sale. Sunday the 24th of March, Great Ryrie Primary School, Great Ryrie Road in Heathmont. And another one to make down for March 24 is in VK7. It happens at Ross, it's a barbecue, it's Meet the Voice Barbecue at Ross. May 3 to 5 in VK4, the Clearview Amateur Radio Weekend. WIA AGM and Conference in Perth, May 24 through to 26, and Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club Hamfest, July 20. Alrighty. I'm Graham VK4BB. You have been listening to, or have just missed, as the great ones once said, the WIA National News for week commencing February 10, 2013. Till next we meet, walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.